Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Working, just wave to me and smile. Okay, that is very good. How many of you are cold? Let me see your hand. How many of you are warm? Let me see. How many of you are lukewarm? <laughs> I, uh, I was sharing, when I have my coat on, I am very, very hot. And just with my sweater, I'm very, very cold. But I said I don't want to make Jesus nauseated by being lukewarm. So, uh, <laughs> so I choose either to be hot or cold. And right now I choose to be cold. But it is wonderful, wonderful to be here. And uh, we actually, uh, since last time I was here, I had just come from Pakistan uh, before Christmas. And uh, we had a little trip to Afghanistan, Pakistan. And I had bronchitis. And some of you saw me sweating up here even when it was cold. And it was not COVID. It was actually bronchitis. And then from there, I got COVID right afterwards. And, and that was my second round. <laughs> But we just came from the beach, and my wife and myself, we were with our friend Roland and Heidi Baker. We spent a week in Caribbean, and it was heaven on earth. So I feel refreshed and renewed and revived. And it doesn't take a whole lot to just get, uh, if you can just find the eye in the middle of the storm. And you enter into the hard work of rest. And you're allowing rest to become your weapon of warfare. And then out of rest, you start to wear the enemy out. I don't know if you realize that, that everything in the demonic realm is restless in nature. And from the moment when Lucifer left heaven, he no longer had a home. So the whole demonic realm is restless in nature. And one of the biggest weapons for us as believers is to enter into the hard work of rest. So that, and we're going to actually talk a little bit about it today. Uh, Lauren asked me, what are you going to speak about? We're going to talk today about crossover season. How many of you, you're no longer what you used to be, but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become? How many of you realize that we are right in the middle of change and we are right in the middle of some of the biggest change the world has ever seen? And I mentioned that last time that one of the major changes we're seeing, we're in a geopolitical change, there's an economical change, there's political change, there's a shaking going on worldwide. And part of what I wanted to do was to provide some language to help us. And it's also connected to my own journey in this season where sometimes you're on your way into a storm or you're in the middle of a storm or you're on your way out of the storm. But I think it's going to be important for us, especially as we're moving into 2022. And we are starting to see there's a sunset of one season and there's a sunrise of another season. But if we're not aware of where we're at and what God is doing, we've been distracted by what God is not doing. Let me say that one more time. If you're not aware of the time that we're living in and what God is doing, you're going to be distracted by what God is not doing or even starts to see what the enemy is doing. And the enemy is an orphan and he likes attention. So don't give him a whole lot of attention because Lucifer is an orphan. He doesn't have a home. And you and I, we are sons and daughters of glory. But before I speak, I wanted to introduce you. We have provided, I feel it's a tool. One of my dreams is to raise up ambassadors of love that can represent King Jesus. And uh, this is kind of a back 
about 10 years ago, I started to have a dream. But I've been watching places like Iraq. Remember the Saddam Hussein? And it was almost like when I was praying for Saddam Hussein, I felt the Lord said, I don't have a problem with Saddam Hussein. I have a problem. I don't have an Esther. I don't have a Joseph to be a father to Pharaoh. I don't have a Daniel to influence the Nebuchadnezzar. I don't have a problem what's happening with Assad, but I, I, I don't have a Nehemiah, a cupbearer to the king. So I'm just realizing that many of the different things that is happening that God is looking for, somebody can represent him. Ambassadors of love. And we have inside the government of Pakistan, inside the government in Cuba, many of these places we have spirit-filled believers that are influenced presidents and kings and leaders. So we are now raising up ambassadors of love that can represent sent the king well, that have learned the language of love, that is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. Can I say that one more time? Ambassadors of love that have learned the language of love, and the language of love is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. And I wanted to share a little testimony, a video testimony. We just took about 300 people uh, right before Christmas through this, uh, we call it that blueprint for kingdom life. And part of our assignment, for 12 weeks, we give them revelation, impartation, and also giving people coaching and experience. So what we start is on a Monday, we have a video teaching. Then we take them on a journey where we actually are coaching them, have some question and answering time. It's kind of a school of ministry online. So if you do not have a chance to be part of the school of ministry, do this at home. But I didn't realize the value it was doing in people's life and the transformation. Actually, I just got a call from a doctor, an emergency doctor, and he has his own clinic right now after 35 years running an emergency room. He called me, he had a COVID-19 yesterday, but he was texting me, but he, uh, he, he was one of the ones that went through our 12 weeks of transformation journey. And something has just changed in him, not just as a medical doctor, but also changed his marriage, changed the, the way he is a father, the way he is a grandfather, the way he's running business. And I started to weep when I was reading his testimony. He has become an ambassador of love. He's not just a doctor. He's representing King Jesus. And every single time when clients are coming into his clinic in Virginia, right now he gets to pray for people. He sees transformation taking place. Even he himself has COVID-19. But he's praying and ministering to people with COVID on a daily basis. And he realized when he was waking up in the morning, he has a mission virus right now. And it is very contagious. And there is no mask that keep you away from this guy. I mean, he is full of love and he represents the king. So let's watch this. And I wanted to give us as a family, this is not for everyone, but so far, I think we're about 250 people getting ready next week for another 12 week journey together. So if that's for you, I, we're going to give you a 50% discount as a family and to join a group of people from around the world. And we will meet together a few times a week. And uh, you can kind of get as much out of this as you want to. But my heart of it is we're looking for some ambassadors of love that is full of love. Say full of love, full of power, full of power. and full of wisdom. Because he says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. But what I've given you is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And God is looking for sons and daughters of glory that is full of love. Say full of love. Full of power and full of wisdom. So let's watch this. Get your phone ready. If this is for you, text us. Join us on this beautiful journey, Bethel Family of Transformation. I just want to say how much I love this class. 
such a blessing to me, um, just even being seven weeks in and seeing how God even just got me into this class, um, starting way back, I don't know, what is it, like 15 or 20 years ago, back in Melbourne, Florida, when life would come, um, and just how to use a podcast to get into this place, and then during this class, how he has been speaking to my heart and really helping me with just understanding that he loves me and he loves me just the way I am and he's with me in all places and I'm not abandoned and I'm not left alone and um, how I don't have to do to please him, I don't have to do to earn my place that I just already am and um, that's been really, really huge for me um, and just letting that seed of love sinking in my heart and it's taking root and God in all his goodness is on all these different platforms around me. It's the same message, the same heart of his, the same father heart coming through and I'm just so incredibly grateful. I cannot wait to see what unfolds in the last half of this class. I'm so excited. I, um, I didn't even know what to expect coming into this class. It really just felt like the Lord said to do it, and I just kind of was reluctant. I had major father issues. I didn't have a dad growing up. Um, I was okay with not relating to dad as a father. And um, the first thing that happened is it just really showed me that I wanted one. And um, even that was such a huge breakthrough for me. And then now knowing that I have one and that he loves me, it's monumental. And um, I hope and pray that this is a part of my message as I go forward and whenever I speak to somebody that it would just be that this message that you are not an orphan that you are dearly loved and beloved and that God wants your heart he wants your being he wants all of you um, because of how much he loves you and the time and energy and sacrifice he's already invested in you the mercy that he's shown you is because of how much he loves you it's not that was the wind, by the way. <laughs> so, if you're interested, just uh, this is for the Bethel family. You can contact us on the Kingdom Life and uh, just join us for this 12-week journey starting next week. So, how are you doing, everybody? This lady, they have seven children. I think they've adopted almost all of them. Seven small children. And it was just, I got to know a little bit more of her story. And just uh, phenomenal. And I'm just having a lot of fun with it, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, just usually every Wednesday we get together live. And then to see people from Philippines, from around the world, we get together. But the thing I think that it did the most to me is to see how the team started to minister to one another. So one lady was just going through a divorce in the middle of that. And you can kind of watch the whole immune system of the body just start to move towards her. And to see just the life and the hope and the faith that came over her life. Somebody had some health issue. And you could see the whole body there just coming in. The immune system system was so healthy that was just bringing healing and wholeness. So I am enjoying that. And I pray that's also going to happen with our body because we're living in a season. And I, I don't know if you're realizing that we are in the middle of a storm. How many of you realize that in life? 
there is a global storm that is taking place and every one of our life we will be affected by it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about it. I've had an enjoyment as well as the challenges of being through some different storms in life. And I've realized actually when I'm looking back at when people ask me what is the biggest breakthrough you have seen or the greatest miracles you have seen, all of them were connected to the kind of storms I had just been through. I didn't realize that before just recently, but it was almost like the Holy Spirit on January 1st. I can, can be honest with you, I was a little tired. Anybody else that has been tired in this season? And how many of you had some battle weariness? I mean, you kind of have finished just, it seems like you're just finished with one leak and there is another leak. There's one storm and then it seems like you're just finishing that and there is another storm, there's another wind. And this has kind of been an ongoing thing. And especially in the last two years, it just seems like we've been hit by one thing after the other. So I just took some time early in January and I just found that peace and saying, God, I, I'm struggling a little bit with this. Am I the only one? Just wave to me, I'm just feeling... Maybe I'm speaking to the wrong audience. Am I the only one that is being affected by the weather that is out there? And it's like been going on. Right before I went to Pakistan, Afghanistan, there were some financial storms that hit. There were some relationship storms that hit. There were certainly health storms that hit. I mean, before you know it, for about a couple of months, you just get hit and hit and hit and hit. And then you're heading over there in the middle of the Middle East and you get hit there. And then there is the battle you fight. After the battle, you win. And then I go home, I had food poison, and I preached here, and then I had also bronchitis, and then finally we're going to bring the whole family together for Christmas. First time in three years, all of us are going to be together, and guess what? All of us got COVID. A lot of us, yeah. There was maybe a couple of exceptions that we're not sure about. <laughs> they maybe didn't have the symptoms. So these things was taking place. And then finally, by the end, I just started to ask God, God, what is going on? And I wanted to get some language because it's very helpful for me. Uh, there's still some storms going on, but I have found the eye in the middle of the storm. And I have peace in the middle of the storm. And this is part of what I wanted to help. And there is two different types of storms that are brewing at the same time. And I'm going to use some biblical example. So if you have your Bible, if you can open it up with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read a story from verse 35. Mark chapter 4 verse 35. On the same day when evening had come. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Say that with me. Let us cross over to the other side. This is a very key. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat. So that it was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Say the word pillow. This is also a key word in this sentence. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, be peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? It's like asking an eagle, why do you soar? Or asking a diver, why are you wet? It's one of those kind of questions. 
how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. Say exceedingly. So the first one they had fear, but now the fear went to a higher level. And they said to wonder, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey to him? And if we're just even taking this and build the transition right over, then they get to the other side. And on the other side, there is that demonized guy. Do you remember that guy? The guy that is naked and everybody in the community, they kind of fear this guy. You stay away from there. You tell your kids, stay away from that area of town. And then Jesus actually showing up and we know the story on the other side. Say on the other side. And I think sometimes for us also, we need to be aware what is on the other side. Because if you're not being aware of the other side, so there's a couple of things just on this storm. This is a storm, but there is something that we have to discern in this season. Is it a storm or is it a serpent? This is the discernment. This first storm that we are talking about here, the most important is to making sure that the eternal becomes your internal. I'm going to say that three times. The importance of this first storm is making sure in this season that the eternal realm, the eternal realm becomes your internal realm. So eternity becomes your internal. Because you're not going to be able to speak to the storm that is on the outside if you have a storm on the inside. And there is three different types of storms that is going on in this story. And they are all true. Number one, there is a physical storm. How many of you aware about the physical storm that's going on? And you can watch the news. COVID is a reality. At least I've had it twice. Heidi Baker had it three times. And that's after vaccines or whatever is going on. So there is a physical storm that is going on. And I don't think our government knows what to do about it. I don't think that CDC knows what to do about it. Most people are not aware of the financial storms and all the other things from inflation. You do not have to watch the news to know there is a physical storm going on on a global level. Uh, but there is another storm that is going on in this story. It was not just the reality that there is strong wind. The reality for us fishermen, they are afraid. As water is coming on board a boat, they are afraid they are about to sink. But there is also an emotional storm, and that is the anxiety and fear you feel in the middle of the storm. Have you experienced that? There's an emotional storm that is going on. And being aware of your emotional tank in this season... Uh, be aware what is a gainer and what is a drainer, emotionally speaking. Even the people in your life, be aware of who is gainers and who is drainers. Because there is a war, emotionally speaking, because what the enemy is doing is trying to wear you out. He's waiting till your emotional tank is going low and then he pushes the button of fear. And you do not see things the way they are. You see things the way you are. And when your emotional tank goes down, there's been all these expenses, emotionally speaking. So it's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you have one leak after the other leak. And when your emotional tank is down, that's when it pushes that button of fear. And you no longer see how big God is. You see how big the storm is. And you start to be overwhelmed by the waves and what's going on around you and what's going on the inside. Because you're no longer being overwhelmed by him. And whatever overwhelms you shapes you. But the worst of these storms that is going on here is the spiritual storm. And can be honest, especially in our culture, and I'm going to be a papa, I'm going to be a father, but I am in a culture where we want to see heaven on earth. 
I love it, breakthroughs. We love the stories of breakthroughs, of healing, and all of these amazing things. And I love being part of a culture that are focusing on what God is doing. And at the same time, we are struggling when we're dealing with mysteries more than miracles. And we do not exactly what, what happens when there is breakdowns. And I want you to capture the story here is when you're in the middle of God's will and storm still happens. And we have a theology that that's not supposed to happen. Because as long as we believe, then breakthrough is supposed to take place. If you have faith, you can move mountains. When you lay hands on the sea, they're supposed to recover. We're living in a theology. We want to see heaven on earth. And in the middle of it, we're ending up because we were obedient to his word. Jesus says, let us go to the other side. They're right in the middle of God's will, doing God's work, God's way. And because of that, the storm hits. God, I don't... So the first thing that you need to be aware of, what did Jesus say? And by the way, let me just be a little bit smart aleck here. I want you to be aware that when Jesus says, let us go to the other side, and I've been there many times, I still remember it took me back to one of the major storms before I was heading there. And it was attack after attack after attack. And some of you have heard that, that story. By the time I ended up in the middle of Pakistan, they even shut down the airways over Pakistan. By the time I landed in Islamabad supernaturally, because you couldn't even be inside the country, because that's the war or tension between India and Pakistan. And India had just shot down two planes. Excuse me, Pakistan shot down two planes and took a pilot. So I was supposed to do a meeting right in the middle of where the rockets was going on. And then when I landed there, there was a natural storm that came into Islamabad, supernatural. But it was a natural storm, supernatural, because there was no rain. And it was hitting us over there with the airport and swallowed around. Follow me for 12 hours in the car. And you can see it actually on the satellite pictures. And that's when I eventually ended up with a breakdown in a city called Saiwal. It was in the middle of the night and I was already worn out health and had been going for several months with very little sleep. And now it was a physical storm that took place. My back was out, but emotionally speaking, I was drained. And then eventually we ended up in Saiwal and the meeting was two and a half hours away from Saiwal and the rain was hammering, the wind was there. I went into what I call my little dungeon. It was a brick building and the mosque is right outside and you're in an area where there's no gospel, there's no intercessors. And we're heading into an area that for over 2,000 years, there's never been one believer, not one missionary, no intercessors. It's one of the darkest places in the world. That's where I'm heading in. And this is kind of the last place to have a roof over your head. I'm supposed to wait while they are going in to check the place if it is safe. And as I'm in that room, I'm about to lose my mind in the middle of the storm. It gets worse and worse. And then right outside, ah. and I'm trying to sleep. Finally, when you try to sleep in the middle of the storm, it gets worse. And then suddenly this imam with beard shows up in my room. Then he disappears. Then it starts to rain a little bit in my room. And Suddenly it drops 20 degrees and I'm laying there freezing and it got worse and I worse. It was in the middle of that storm. Eventually what actually took place is it went into the stadium area. We have it on video, filled up that whole stadium. So they circled around and filled up the stadium with water, canceled the event. We spent a six figure, one and a half years of planning and preparation. 
and ended up having to cancel the event. And I had a breakdown. And I've told you some of that story before because the story before I had been meditating on the disciple that had followed Jesus and because of their faithfulness and wow, they are going to eventually, they, they have these dreams and vision and you can go through this dream course with Jesus and then Friday comes along. We want Sunday, but not Friday. We love Sunday, but we don't want Friday when everything dies. But there is no Sunday without Friday. And then there is a Saturday between. And sometimes that Saturday is a two-year Saturday. But I'm just here to encourage you, Sunday is coming. And you can have a 40 days in the wilderness or 40 years. And I choose 40 days with Jesus instead of 40 years. And it all has to do with how we navigate. How do we cross over in a crossover season so we can get to the other side? And what is actually at stake on the other side? But make that story short, it looks like it was a breakdown. I had an encounter with Jesus that was taken out of John 20. I preached about this before. When Jesus just comes into that room and just fills me with his presence. And in that room that day inside wall, suddenly his presence just fills me. And he changes everything. His presence changes everything. And then from his presence, he filled me with his peace. He said, peace be upon you. And I was struggling. Jesus, you don't understand. And then he showed me his hands on his side. And I believe for many of us, it is time for us to show the world some of our scars. So we can identify with the pain. There is a season where we can go in, declare and decree. But there's also a season where we show vulnerability. When we have empathy, we weep with the ones that are weeping. When they have losses, I have lost. When the enemy attacks one of us, he attacks all of us. And there's a season that Jesus showed him his hands on his side. And he's saying, I can identify with you. Whatever you're going through, look at me. That's what was helpful for me at that moment in that room. That whatever I was going through, when I saw his hands on his side, from his presence, his peace, his provision filled that room. And that says, I am your healer. What else do you need? I am your strength. I am your peace. I am your joy. Whatever you need, look at my hands on my side. I took care of that. Everything that you are facing. But Jesus, you do not understand. Yes, I also had some storms in my life. And one moment I wake up early in the morning and then I get the text and I say, did you hear about John? John? Yeah, your cousin John. Herod just beheaded him. They killed the one that is the closest in your life. Cut his head off. And Luke described Jesus. And by the way, he's coming for you. And when you start to watch what Jesus went through, why did he go through all of the things he went through? It's so that he can identify and walk with you and give you the invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I can trust him because he shows me his hands on his side. And he is trustworthy. And then the Bible says, they became glad, got a new passion and new joy back. So from his presence, I got filled with his peace, then his provision, then his passion. And then I got a new purpose. And the story from that storm is when I got into the wedding that was going on in Lahore, walked into that wedding, the storm was hitting this wedding of this famous imam. And when we are coming there, they're saying, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. And they said, when the ambassador of love came, the storm stopped. And all around, we had a tent like this, 2,000 people, and the wedding was being, being destroyed by the storm. But when we came there now, because there is no longer a storm here, so you could release to the storm that was on the onside. And you can see it, even on the satellite, you can see around that area, you can see the storm all around, but it's like a circle that goes up, and there's totally peace and protection over the wedding. 
And we love those stories, but we don't like the story beforehand. We love the breakthroughs, but not the breakdowns. We love the testimonies, but not the test. We like the money part of the test. But without the test, if there was not something impossible, there wouldn't be any miracles. So first part of the lesson here is, what is it that Jesus has spoken in this storm? Now I'm talking about storms when you're in the middle of God's will. Because you are obeying him, because you're exactly where you're supposed to be, that storm is hitting you. And these disciples are now right in the middle of the storm, and they are drowning, they're being overwhelmed. And again, I mentioned, spiritually speaking, the storm that is going on there is, where are you? Have you been there? Jesus, excuse me, but where are you? God, where are you? I'm calling 911, but nobody's answer. I'm calling to you, but it seems like heaven is silent. And by the way, there's another storm we're going to talk a little bit about. It was on the fourth watch of the night. Jesus, why didn't you show up in the first watch? I like the first watch kind of a God. Is when I call, he shows up. Not waiting to the fourth watch, the last. It's kind of the last moment. Why are you this kind of a four-watch guy? I like the God that shows up when I call and when I need him. Not waiting to the time when I seem like everything is going under. But the other thing that I feel that is very important, when they come and they wake up Jesus, I want you to capture something with this. This became very important to me, January 1st. And that is Jesus brings a pillow with him. Did you bring your pillow with you? Why would he bring the pillow? You could recognize that detail, the pillow with him, because he intentionally knew there's going to come a storm. And he intentionally decides to sleep in the middle of the storm. There was not kind of a coincidence, an accident. He is finding his place to rest. Why is Jesus resting? Because everything he does is what he sees his father do. And where his father is, there is no storm. So he can be at rest. He can find an eye in the middle of the storm where there is peace. Because where he is at, he is where the father is at and there is peace. And as sons and daughters, that's why I mentioned that the eternal needs to become our internal. So that when we are in the middle of that storm and it seems like there's water coming on board and it's not that we are denying it or say it doesn't exist. But in the middle of us, when I recognize what Jesus is up to and what Jesus is doing in the middle of the storm, when he is not nervous, I don't need to be nervous. When he is resting, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to instead of, and here's the thing with the first storm that we are experiencing here, is what we have a tendency to try to fight that storm. And that storm is wearing us out. Instead of resting through the storm. And this first storm, this is the major lessons I want us to capture. This is a storm, it's like an eagle. A storm is a friend for an eagle. And it's a little bit what Dan mentioned. I heard my friend Bill Johnson, I actually sent him a kind of a fun little text this morning. And I got a good, good ha-ha back. Because Bill Johnson understands his humor. But I sent him a picture. And on the picture, it just talked about, because this barbecue. And, and we say, for us who love a good beef, I mean, you can sense the taste. Your palates get so happy as you smell it. And then the text says, do you vegetarian feel the same when you're cutting the lawn? So I send that to my vegetarian friends, but I knew I also sent it to Bill Johnson this morning. 
But I was thinking about Bill Johnson. He was sharing the story. And for me, it became emotion because I know what Bill has gone through and is in the middle of in this season. But he's describing it as like I'm pushing a rock and it is a huge rock. And I've been pushing it for four to five months and it is not moving at all. And you feel like nothing is happening. It's a little bit what Dan said, but actually something is happening. While you're pushing the rock, you do not know what is happening to you when you feel this is not moving. You do not know the muscles you're developing for the next season. You do not understand the, the, the endurance. You do not understand all these things that is taking place in us and through us, including in this storm. So if we do not get the nutrients of it later on, you will find in Mark 8, they had to go in the boat again. And I don't want you to have to go in the boat again and again and again because you didn't learn the lessons the first time. Say, I don't want to go in the boat again. And we will end up in the boat again, but we hopefully will learn some other lessons. The per first part of this is, so Jesus, where are you? God, where are you? You're supposed to be my healer and that person passed away. You're supposed to be my strength and I'm just getting weaker and weaker. You're supposed to be my provision, but then suddenly in the next moment, all the opposite seems to take place. So this is an invitation for us in this storm. Watch what Jesus is doing. Number one is, first of all, watch what Jesus has said. Jesus is not going to drown. And if you knew just a word over Jesus' life and everything that Jesus is going to complete, why are you so worried when Jesus is on board your boat? He's not going to go under, and he is with you, and you are in him, and he is in you. And second of all, he gave you a word that we're going to go to the other side. It is an impossibility for you to not get to the other side. And some of us, we have forgotten about what God said. And we forgot about the memory stones, about we forget about that. Because in a the moment there's a wave, we get so overwhelmed by that, that we are forgotten. That's why I have a wedding band on here, because I've been married. It's called a memory stone. Reminds me I've been married. I have, this is from Thailand. This is my first trip to Africa. Everything I have is a story, is a memory stone. Because there is times I cannot see. There is times I cannot hear. But at that moment, I bring the memorial stone. So when I'm looking at Goliath, I'm looking back at that bear. There is that lion. And I start to rehearse the memory stone, the memorial stone of what God has done and what God has said. And the same God that did cancer at that moment, the same God, and we've just had two major breakthroughs on stage four cancer just in the last month. Yay! So when I cannot see, when I cannot hear, I go back to the word of God, what he spoke. And I started getting overwhelmed again by the promises in the middle of the problems. But he's going to take us to the other side. The second aspect of this, this first storm is going to be very important for us. It is learning to find the hard work of rest. It's like an eagle when that wind comes and it's like a wind for a sail. It is to take you higher, soar faster, bring you into a place where the serpent cannot operate, into this place of rest. Because when there's no longer storm on the inside, that's why Jesus could speak to the peace. When he says, peace, be still, that means peace was moving. When he says, peace, be still. So when peace is moving, he speaks to the peace to be still. And you can speak to the peace to be still when peace is moving. When there is no longer a storm on the inside. 
So the first part of this storm, yes, there is a physical storm that we're going to learn how to speak to. Second of all, there's an emotional storm, being aware of your emotional tank. And the third aspect of it, there's a spiritual storm. And what the enemy will try to go in is trying to create God as being the bad guy. That's what the enemy is trying to do. I mean, there's just a question about identity. There's an identity crisis. How can God be good? And how are you good enough when all these things is happening? Instead of what is actually at stake here, what Jesus is teaching us is like what Bill Johnson says is push against this rock. There's all these lessons that he wants us to have. Because on the other side, Bethel Atlanta, for your other side, there is this demonized person that has control of the region. And there's revival happening on the other side. So he's going to teach us in this storm to be able to have such a peace because it is the God of priests, excuse me, the God of peace that is going to crush Satan underneath his feet. And we have to walk in peace and to be at peace and to be peaceful and to storm what it does. What's in you comes out. So just let go. You say, well, I, I don't like the fear. I don't like, it's okay. Let go of it. Yeah. And allowing Jesus coming into those places when love moves in, fear moves out. And when the enemy has, if you knock on your door, and I hope that shame, fear, and guilt will not open up. But faith, hope, and love. And this is the whole purpose when we get to the other side of this storm. First of all, in the middle of there is the physical storm. I can rest in the middle of it. In the middle of the emotional storm. As I'm saying, I'm recharging my emotional tank. And in the spiritual storm, I'm looking at Jesus, what Jesus is doing. And when he is resting, I am resting with him. Can you say amen to that? And then we get to the other side. And just a little two minutes on this thing about Jesus. When he gets to the other side, it's very interesting that we have been dysfunctional so long and allowed a lot of things to happen in our cities, in our country, and seeing the demonic realm, that when Jesus then shows up, that should be the answer to all of our prayer. This naked, demonized person. Somehow people have tolerated that's how life is supposed to be. And when Jesus shows up eventually because he has just been in a place of rest, and out of that rest he has peace, he can speak now, and he delivers this demonized person, goes into 2,000 pigs, and we know the story. And the byproduct, this person comes to his sanity, he becomes totally healed, totally transformed, puts on his clothes, and he is sitting there full of peace. And now the people want to chase Jesus out of town. I thought when we heard about Toronto, January 20, we thought maybe, wow, this is exciting. We've been praying for revival. And I remember my Baptist church when revival came, Toronto, 94. A lot of people wanted to kick Jesus out because he was messing up our church. We were used to the tears, but we didn't like the laughter. And I still remember we had an Iranian refugee, a Shia Muslim that came to our church. He was tearing off his clothes. And people didn't want that in church. People tearing off their clothes, but this person was being delivered. Because Jesus was showing up in church. And sometimes the way we've had church, we want Jesus to come, but we don't like the way he's coming. And sometimes we get so used to the dysfunctional that when Jesus shows up and peace comes in, we are so used to be at war, we don't know what peace looks like. And we're used to torment and storms and, and we constantly live from one storm to the other because we don't know how to function in a place of peace. And that's been a lot of my life. 
I'm so used to be at war that I create war when there is no war. Because I find Jesus in the middle of it. But he's teaching us in this season to get to the other side, to meet the Prince of Peace. And learning how to operate now from that place of peace because you have found rest in the middle of your storm. One more picture and then we're on the land. Is this okay? Give me five minutes. The next story that is in here. But this is going to be helpful. This is also Jesus saying, now guys, we're going to go in the boat. You can find it in John 6. You find it, I think, in Matthew 14. And you also find it here in Mark 6. Three different. But this time when they go in the boat, Jesus himself, after feeding the multitudes, he goes up to the mountain and pray. The reason this is important, both of those things are going on at the same time period in 2022. And the transition, the ones in this previous season that learned rest will be able to handle the next storm well. And if not, you need to go back and get the nutrients out of the first storm to get ready for the next storm. Because so many of us, we've been worn out in this first storm instead of being rested, instead of getting strength, instead of being renewed. Those that wait upon the Lord, you shall renew your strength. You shall mount over wings as eagle. You shall run and not go weary and you shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. So the next storm that is coming in, he says, now I want you to go in the boat. This time also they get scared and they get scared to death. And again, another one of those incidents, but this time they're looking at Jesus is not there. And we need to know the difference. At this time, there's a wind that comes. And according to the book of Matthew, but also John, this wind that is coming against them is trying to stop for them to get to the other side. And that's when the enemy is trying to stop you or stop your family and your destiny. And what we have a tendency to do in the first storm, we are fighting ourselves through the first storm and we get worn out. And by the time we get to the second storm, when the enemy is trying to stop your destiny, He's a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And at this moment, the enemy is sending wind that comes against them. What they are doing is they are rowing against the wind. And according to the book of John, they row for about three to four miles. He's the only one to describe the distance in towards the wind. Instead of retreating at that moment, it is time to press forward. So in one of them, you're learning how to be a worshiper. The other one to be a warrior. One of them, you're learning how to be a lamb. The next one, to be a lion. One of them, you're learning the hard work of rest. The other one, from a place of rest, you go to war. This is not about finding balance. It's to find a rhythm. And heaven is a rhythm of when to lean back. And when Jesus is leaning back, you lean back. But the extra one, this second storm is he is there praying for you. And he wants you now to do And that is for you to press forward till we get to the other side. And it's going to be worth it. And the science wonders and miracles that is on the other side. It's also going to give you an opportunity to walk on water. But to do that, you need to recognize his voice. And here's, I'm landing with this. But the disciples, when Jesus eventually shows up, they have this prayer meeting in a boat. Help! Have you been there? God, where are you? And then Jesus comes walking on water. And first they are scared, but now they get scared to death. It's a ghost. And some of us do not recognize the way he's coming. We try to go back to where he showed up before COVID. And we do not recognize him when he is coming. But the important for us in this season is learning to hear his voice. And Peter says, if it is you. And when he hears Jesus' voice, that's when he knows it's time to get out of the boat. And sometimes the safest place in this season is get out of the boat. 
And if you're going to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat to walk on water. Where the supernatural becomes natural. And it's an invitation for us to take a step, keep our eyes on Jesus, recognizing his voice. First of all, to do that, we have to row against the wind. And wisdom knows the difference. So congratulations, you're born for such a time as this. You're the only second generation in 2,000 years to get to experiencing all these storms combined together. You can become bitter or better. You can whine or you can shine. You can be overwhelmed by the storms or you can be overwhelmed by Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. Can we just have an honest family time here? Anybody, honestly speaking, you're a little tired. I'm tired, but not just sleepy tired, but just in life. A little battle fatigue, just. That's where I was and just took me a week on the beach and kind of got to reset. But for me, it became very clear when I realized which storm is what in this season. Just, just keep, watch me just for one second. The discernment, is this a storm or is this a serpent? Has the eternal become our internal? We, this is just a little temporary ride, this life that we have here, but we are part of an eternal. And when that eternal realm becomes our internal realm, the way we're operating is very different. Spiritual storm, emotionally storm, physical storm. Jesus, he brought his pillow. And it's a season for many of us to find a pillow in the middle of it. What do I mean with finding a pillow? Find a place where you can rest. This is not a storm to fight. And there is a storm to fight and row against. But when Jesus is in a boat, you are in the middle of his will. He has spoken a word. You can rest on that word. You can rely on that word. You decree and declare that word. And you watch what Jesus is doing in the middle of it. And find your place. When he is at rest, you can be at rest. And he is not going to go under. And then you, together with Jesus, can speak to the storms that is around you. Because now there is no longer a storm on the inside. That's what you will find in the first storm. The second storm, we're heading to the other side again. But at that moment, there's a storm and the enemy is nervous for Bethel Atlanta to step into its destiny. He's nervous that you and I are going to step into what God has called us to do. And it is opposition wind that is trying to keep you away from it. And at that moment when you realize, oh, that's the enemy. Why is the enemy so nervous? Why is he attacking your body? Why is he attacking your finances, the relationship? See what the serpent is attacking. Why is he trying to divide us? Because there's going to be the greatest unity we've never seen before. Why is he going after family? Because the next revival in America is a family revival. So if you see every area where the enemy is attacking right now, the opposite is taking place in the kingdom. And that's why it's so important for you and I to keep our eyes on Jesus. And at that moment, there's something in me, not from the flesh, because I've already learned to rest in the first one and renewed in the first one. Now I have the strength to be able to face the second one. But on both sides, it ends up good. On the other side, there is breakthrough. But we are not going to retreat. We're going to press forward. But we're going to do it from a place of rest. And I'm just sensing some of you that have been weary. And even now, if the worship team can be here. And I know the children are coming in. But I sense there's going to be healing taking place in people's body. I felt somebody with a vertical that is being healed today. Somebody else you have had problem with breathing problem. 
It's being healed today. And I don't know, but it was under the left arm. Somebody has a lump or pain underneath the left arm. There's going to be healing today. But other ones that it's just that you yourself, you've been fighting against rest in this season because you didn't know what's going on. You're going to come and you're going to find Jesus. And you're going to, in the next season, you're going to climb up where he is at, take your pillow with him and find his heartbeat and find rest in the middle of everything that's going on. So that in the next one, you can lean forward instead of lean back. This one, we're leaning back. So in the next one, we can lean forward. And then our rest, it becomes the weapon of warfare. And at our rest, we're wearing the enemy out. Father, I just thank you so much for Jesus. (laughs) Some of us, we have forgotten about the word of Jesus over your health. The word of Jesus over your family. The promises, the prophetic word over your destiny. And everything opposite seems to happen. But sometimes we just need to go back and just reflect and say, Jesus, you said, let us go to the other side. Thank you, Jesus, that we're not alone in the middle of the storm, but you're right in the middle of the storm. And when you're resting, Jesus, teach us the hard work of rest. Some of us, we get so overwhelmed by the waves and what is hitting us in this season that we're no longer being overwhelmed by you. So just overwhelm us again. And if you are here and you are tired and weary and I wanted to rest, I wanted to release, I also want to pray. But if our ministry team can come up, we're going to pray for some people and you're going to get your breakthrough. And for some of you, you're right, this is the fourth hour, the fourth watch. It's right before your breakthrough. And some of you, and I can feel it, you were about to want to give up. And it is right before, it's like you've been nine months pregnant and the water's about to break, but you almost, you didn't know what was going on. And you have been birth vision. There's things that God has placed, but you are tired. But I want you to know that when you're holding that baby, it's going to be worth it. Don't give up. This is a time to push forward. You're so close to the breakthrough, birthing of what God has spoken over your life. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. My burden is easy. Not your burden, but my burden is easy, Jesus says. And my yoke is light. Any one of you that are in the middle of a storm, or perhaps you need a wisdom to know, is this a storm or is this a serpent? Do I rest or do I go to war? And even the wisdom to know the difference. I just challenge you to come forward and just receive new vision, new feathers, new talents, so that the wind that is coming is going to take you to soar higher, soar faster, above the storm clouds and lives, so you can see the invisible and eventually do the impossible. So just come. Holy, Holy Spirit, arise and shine, for your light has come. Yes, there is going to be darkness. There's going to be a storm all over the world. All over the world. And there's going to be gross darkness over the people. But right in the middle of it, there is a light. There is a love. So we're living during the time when, whoa, there's going to be, this is a time for some of you just to rest. And other ones, it's just a sensing the strength to go to war again over your family. So I just ask now for my family, just come and just receive. Come and rest and receive. He's restoring faith, hope, and love back again. So when the enemy knocks on your door, faith is going to open up. Hope is going to open And love is going to open up. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, 
visit www.bethelatlanta.com.